if water were to cut off today or in the next hour, what would you do? How would you, you know, at what point would it be impactful? Would it be hour one, three, six? And then if it doesn't come back, you know, it's like we need to start thinking. Unfortunately, we need to start thinking that way. Welcome back to Structurally Sound, the podcast of the Institute for Homeland Security here at Sam Houston State University, where you can hear about what's happening in critical infrastructure industries, share some knowledge, gain some knowledge, get a new perspective, um, become more secure and more resilient, and hopefully more competitive for the small businesses that own and operate about 80% of our critical infrastructure in this nation. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Threat, and I'm joined here in the cozy recording studios of the Dan Rather Communication Building on our beautiful Huntsville campus by my host, Dr. Marcus Funk from the Department of Mass Communication. Hello. How are you, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not really a morning person. I thought having a kid would make me a morning person. Turns out that's not how it works. Mm, no, I can attest to that. <laughs> Just makes you less of one. Yeah. That's a fun, fun surprise. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Well, today uh, on today's show, we'll be talking with uh, some colleagues from the College of Criminal Justice uh, here at Sam Houston. But first, I wanted to mention a couple of upcoming events for uh, IHS for you to mark your, in your calendars. Uh, we are the executive sponsors at the 2024 Critical Infrastructure Protection and Resilience North America Conference in Lake Charles, Louisiana. That's coming up in March, March 12th through the 14th this year. We'll have a link in the show notes for that. We are also uh, in the planning stages for our next Thought Leaders Conference that'll be coming up a little bit later this spring. Uh, you'll want to be sure to participate in that if you can uh, get up to the um, Huntsville Woodlands area. It's going to be uh, an interesting and insightful uh, conference. We'll be talking about emerging technologies for this year's conference. We'll be uh, having some speakers share with us about the use of drones and robots, quantum computing, and the data analysis revolution is what we've got on tap. But for today's show, we're uh, meeting colleagues of mine over at the College of Criminal Justice. We're joined by close colleague, Reina Lusmore. She's uh, working here in the uh, Institute for Homeland Security and also a faculty member from the College of Criminal Justice, uh, Dr. Jeremiah Asaka with water security and um, environmental matters and, and, and safety. First, I, I want to introduce and, and talk to Raina a little bit. So Raina has uh, joined with us uh, these last five months or so, if I recall correctly. And uh, she's she's coming to us from uh, a background in, uh, in environmental quality, uh, water regulations. Raina, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, thank you, Grant. It's a it's a quite a foggy morning, so it was a bit of a pain to <laughs> to to get on the highway. Um, but yeah, we're we're here, and um, I'm happy to to share this very important topic. But yeah, going back to your initial question, so I actually started with a geology major. So from Sam, 
Oh, so eat them up, cats. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was here and I got a geology degree, but my my passion was environmental, uh, environmental uh, protection, environmental work. So uh, most of my experience is from industrial and hazardous waste investigations, environmental crimes, air, water waste, that that sort of thing. Um, I did do some work in the private sector, landfills, landfill inspections and things like that. And so just learning a little bit about the environmental law policy and everything that affects it, I thought, you know, working with you guys would be a good a good segue to, to continue, to continue that work from just a different perspective. And so, you know, the five, six months that I've been here, I've just been trying to really push that education, that awareness of why environmental stuff, you know, for today, the, the water stuff is so important. And, you know, researching and doing things like that, I came across Dr. Uh, Jeremiah Saka's work with water security. And I was like, oh, my God, this would be a great, a great podcast to, to, to talk about and, and get people informed. So, yeah, um, I don't know if Dr. Saka would, would like to introduce himself. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, like you said, I'm Dr. Jeremiah Saka, and I'm a faculty member at the Security Studies Department. So your neighbors and uh, pretty much very close. We are on the same umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. For and those that, that don't know, the Institute for Homeland Security is attached to the Department of Security Studies. Exactly. So, yeah. So we, we're, we're closely related uh, over in the College of Criminal Justice. Exactly. Yeah. So at the department, I mainly focus on um, the nexus between the environment and think of the environment as including resources that we have and security. So the link between the two, uh, what each other means for each other, if I can say that. Sure. So like, yeah. So, So that's how water security comes into my fold. And uh, when Raina reached out, I was very excited to know that the Institute currently has something on that water and uh, wastewater sector. I told her that we, yeah, we can get something going. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, moving into the water, wastewater uh, sector, uh, you know, critical infrastructure sector is something that we've kind of added in our third year, uh, our second funding cycle as we are trying to expand. And so that's that's where we were able to bring Rain on as a, a projects manager with us. And we're glad to have you here. Thank you. Both <laughs> of you as well. And thanks for hosting me. Yeah, thanks for hosting oh, me on this. Our, yeah, thank you so much. Glad, yeah. glad you could make it. So let's talk a little bit about what we mean, you know, with water and wastewater as critical infrastructure that, uh, I mean, obviously we all need to Hydrate to live. Uh, try and exactly. remind my children of that all the time. But, <laughs> but it, it, it's not just that, right? I mean, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So this is something that is a, a bit of a debate even among students when you talk to them. It's not very easy for someone to see how water is an infrastructure. Yeah. So a, a good way to look at it is bringing the issue of key resources. And then defining what a critical infrastructure is. A layman's definition is these are things that we need or the United States needs to to be, if I can put it like that. Things without which United States will not exist the way we know it today. Right, exactly. I, yes. I like to think of it as what enables us to live the the life, the lifestyle that, exactly. that we're accustomed to, you know, the, the way we're used to living. Exactly. So when you think of critical infrastructure in that way, then you tend to move away from this idea of 
infrastructure as these hard things like roads and physical stuff. And so water becomes critical in that context. But you can go a step further and call it key resources. So there's a longer phrase that's used a lot in the literature, critical infrastructure and key resources, C-I-K-R. This is makes more people understand why it's there. <clears throat> but to go to it, if I could go further, if you'd allow me to maybe <clears throat> go a little further. So we need water for everything, like you said. So, for example, all of us need food. All our cars need gas. Without gas, we, we probably wouldn't be here this morning. And to get that gas, well, drilling and so... So in, like industrial uses. Yes, then. yes. So these sectors, almost all of them need water. In fact, the one that people don't think about more like cybersecurity. <clears throat> so if you think of um, CISA, I don't know if you guys know about CISA. So I think this is cybersecurity um, um, and infrastructure, and infrastructure security agency. agency. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. So CISA brings in a dimension that most people don't really think about. There's some things called... Um, national critical functions. So some of those are like supply, management, uh, connections, those kind of stuff. Sure. So when you think of it like supply of water to a neighborhood or something, we usually use systems that in some cases are run on a cyber network. And if somebody attacks that network, then this national critical function of supplying water will not be achieved and we become insecure. And so you can see how water connects with even cybersecurity. Right. It's everywhere. It's <laughs> yeah, and I know that's, uh, yeah. that's kind of a conversation that we wind up with many times on this show or around the office and, and people we're talking to with critical infrastructure. There, there are the interconnectivity of all of the critical infrastructures to each other and, you know, supporting our way of life is... is um, you know, complex and vast water, maybe more than some, touches all of them. And and we have this conversation also around energy. Without energy, you know, yeah. everything's derailed. Without water, everything's derailed. Uh, cybersecurity, you know, is another uh, aspect of that 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 touches all of them. And and transportation. In mm-hmm. fact, we've got. An, an upcoming show with I- involving water supply that you were talking about, Jeremiah, and mm-hmm. and and transportation, and and uh, you know kind of how that works with trucking and nice. emergency management. So that'll be a good conversation too. But looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um, CISA, oh, you know, going back to your point, CISA also mentions the sector, the water wastewater sector, as a lifeline. So if this lifeline is not there, then everything will go down. I know the the water sector depends on chemicals, you know, chlorine, all that stuff, and energy. Without energy, you can't run those pumps. But once those are taken care of, then, you know, water, you know, everybody else depends on that. You know, we're talking hospitals, emergency, emergency rooms, industry. They can't run that. And um, one thing I, I like to, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, when I'm talking about infrastructure, I try to break it down to assets, syst- uh, and, you know, the assets, people, and the systems. And a lot of the times I think we forget about that middle part, which is people where it wouldn't really matter if we have a, a fence that's electrified, but if, you know, and all that stuff. But if we don't have people inside, skilled to know what to do, then everything else kind of goes out the window. Because, I mean, that's that's a point that um, I don't think exactly. a lot of folks, but 
Um, yeah. And systems could be like the SCADA systems. Everything is computerized and controlled. And, and assets is what we don't see every day. That's underground. All those pipes, so distribution lines that are working 24-7. And we have we have no clue. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very important point. The people we put in charge of mm-hmm. the stuff that we need to survive to be are very critical. And it's it's a good addition to the discussion. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the 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 people and the systems uh you know, Rain, I, I appreciated what you uh said too about the 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 pipes and some of the infrastructure that we don't see. Jeremiah, you're you're speaking about water as a key resource and, you know, thinking about it not in terms of the infrastructure, but in the sector though, the actual infrastructure is is another element, right? To to, to how important security and, exactly. uh, and water safety is, right? Yes, yes, that's that's true. And so uh this leads us to another section of the water infrastructure itself, so the dams, the pipes, the, you name it. It's yeah, how we supply the water, how we contain it, how we treat it. So the wastewater management treatment plants—that's a very essential part. The, the what most people think about when you talk about water as infrastructure, that that comes to people very easily, because when people think about infrastructure, they think about physical stuff. Mm. Think about yes, yeah, yeah. not mm-hmm. not this liquid that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even the it's the infrastructure you don't see, like mm-hmm. like Raina was saying. Yes, um, yes. You know, the 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 pipes in the ground, all the way up to the pipes in our homes and and buildings, the and industrial uh, pipelines and those applications. Well, and I mean not just the man made infrastructure, but the natural uh-huh. infrastructure as well. I mean, I think about East Texas, where we are, does not have this problem. We get plenty of rain (laughs) (laughs) sometimes too much but central texas is often plagued with drought you go further west into colorado and utah and arizona and nevada and there are some really serious worries about the colorado river that supplied that area with you know drinking water for generations for centuries and now there's just not enough of it and it's looking like there's going to be less and less in the future. And you can have all the pipes in the world. If you don't have natural water flowing into them, then there it's just concrete, you know? Right. And that's something that, you know, I don't know how many people would think of that as an infrastructure threat, but it's definitely a, you know, a threat to, to our ability to function. Exactly, exactly. That's uh, <clears throat> another very good uh, addition to the discussion. And the last time I was talking to... Um, Grant about uh, this when we did the pre whatever uh, you call it pre maintenance. Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, he mentioned groundwater as well, which is also another thing that people don't think about much. But unless yeah. they use a water well, they don't really think much. And then some folks have you know their supply is a mixture of surface and groundwater. But when they get their water bill, they're just like, oh, is this much? But they don't realize everything that's in the background working. Yes. So in places like, I believe, California, where they do a lot of agriculture and stuff, groundwater has become very, uh, it's getting scarce and the farmlands are threatened because of that. And people start thinking of other ways of adapting, like desalination and all these things, which are also very controversial, demanding a lot of energy, which means need for more water and 
Jeez. <laughs> you right? see where I'm going to. And, and the interconnectivity of uh, critical infrastructure sectors uh, to, to promote our way of life. Yeah. I mean, to me, um, I think I mentioned last time too, it's actually the, the watershed is one of my favorite, you know, kind of aspects of that natural infrastructure to, to consider and, and just how important it is, but how wide the, the watershed is and, and what that means, you know, in terms of where the groundwater is, is coming from and filtering through. Of course, we could, we could talk about environmental uh, impacts to all of that, you know, even if we get the rain and, uh, you know, the, we, we have the, the watershed infrastructure in place, if it becomes corrupted, then we've, we've got a major problem to our way of life. Exactly. I mean, seriously, people, pick up your dog poop. <laughs> That's a huge major. I think we just found our show title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's, uh, there's a lot of rivers and streams that are impacted by uh, E. coli. And, you know, it's been proven that it all goes back to, you know, dog poop. Uh -huh. So just, just a, your, your little, you know, it's not a big act, but it's, you can do a little bit for, for you and all of us. So. Well, sometimes it's a big cents. act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 great. Thanks for uh, sharing and derailing. So uh, Marcus can edit this part out. <laughs> no, no, it's Connected to that, when I drive home every evening, there's a new, you talked about small businesses, industry that's coming up. I see, I don't know whether it's very common. I don't know how common it is, but dog poop collectors Oh, the ones that go to your house and pick ah, it up for yes. you. Yes. Uh, yep. I've I've seen the <laughs> the billboards for those guys. I'm like, this is very innovative. I never thought about it. Poop collectors, poop collector, poop. <laughs> it's an interesting thread. I didn't I didn't see the the, the podcast going in this direction exactly. But we bring it back. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but I, but no. I so I you know I I want to ask um you know and kind of get to a, a discussion about. What should people know? And and Raina sharing, you know, this little bit. And what should people do? But you know, but I'm wondering. So you know, now I'm just curious. Like, how much is my dog at my house in my backyard contributing to the problem? I mean, it it seems like very little, but I I don't know. What is what does the research say about that? And or, I think it mostly has to do with just education, honestly, and, and awareness. Um, I get that a lot. It's like, what do you mean water is a critical infrastructure sector? What What is it? And so there's so much that goes into that that folks don't understand. It's like we're all safe and secure because, you know, with water, I was able to make my coffee this morning. And you guys are Hooray. safe. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, but um, one thing I did wanted to share was the um, American Society of Civil Engineers uh, puts out a report um, that goes through the grades they assign for critical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, wastewater um, has been in the C's and the D's. And so has been uh, drinking water. I think the latest one in 2021 was a C minus. I, I think that's a little mediocre. Not here in Texas, though, right? I mean, yes, that's a the pluses. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I encourage everybody to to go out there and do your research to to see how we're all in, impacting. And yes. I mean, at the end of the day, if water doesn't come out of the tap, it's going to be a huge wake up call for for all of us. Exactly. Yeah, I think this is something that people. Need. I, I uh, when I joined the department, I started looking at this report and. I don't think it's really improved over time. It's always, yeah, the scores are always very low. 
Mm-hmm. And the last time we met, I was talking about the infrastructure and transportation bill. Is it transport infrastructure? The bill that was signed into President Joe Biden in 2021, I believe. I think the investment, I've not read the bill in details, but the little I know, it's more focused on transportation infrastructure and not mm. really the wastewater and water sector. And so it tells you how it's not a it's not a major focus. Yeah, what I what I hear you saying there is the the tendency to maybe take water f- for granted. Uh-huh. We've, we've always had it. You know, yes, like water infrastructure and supply systems going back at least to the Romans with their aqueducts and, and everything. It's yes, like we, we've been at this a long time. Yes, you know where's where's the impact for technology and and what's needed for improvement. Try to put you on the spot, uh, you know, as far as that we hadn't discussed, but, you know, what what would people working in the sector like to see, you know, as far as more attention to water, wastewater? I think for me, um, I would probably say a few things on this. I think one is the awareness that water is actually critical to our, what has been available to us in, in the United States for for a long time. We've always had water. It's not an issue unless you live in maybe parts of Texas, like where we live during the summer, we kind of fill it. But the rest of the United States, it's I turn on my top and it's there. But in places like Houston, we kind of get reminded once in a while that this is actually, you can lose it like when we had the freeze. So I think awareness is one. Funding is another one. Those are the two that I think we we need to think about more. And maybe the third one is the people that Rena was talking about earlier. Whom do we put in charge of our uh, water infrastructure? You need people who are qualified and not just one week trained or two weeks trained and something like that. <laughs> well, I, uh, that's a good yes. point and something that um, we, we like to speak about on, on the show as far as um, advice for learners or people who have some interest and, and want to get into uh, the industry. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to talk about that and then also um, talk about some of the training that we're putting together. Uh, Raina, if you want to talk about that in a minute, but, you know, but I guess first off, you know, asking the question of, uh, you know, what, what should people be studying? I mean, you know, geology like uh, Raina did, um, you know, for, for me, I, not coming from a criminal justice background, you know, this is uh, something that's uh, maybe a, a little bit less intuitive for me. Security studies department in um, you know the College of Criminal Justice, you know, how does that how does that tie in for um, water infrastructure workers? Is is you know is that the the only uh, career path, or um, you know what what might learners be thinking about? Yeah, so I think. Um that's not only the career path that's available, but um, one of the things, and I want to speak for the security studies majors. Of course. Yeah. So I think when when they when they take our courses, we have a um, water security course that we offer. And um, in this course, we learn things from the basics like the hydrological cycle to the more complex things like the governance issues and interdependencies and, and, and stuff like that. And so it's it's important to know all that, but also you should add that with other courses in other departments. 
if if uh, that makes sense, that can help. Yeah, so I think it's it's essential, and then connections with things like cyber security that is not really apparent to most people. Yeah, so I think it's not the only path, but you can always expand your path if if that makes sense. I don't know if. <laughs> so it's like a little sweet mixture of CJ yes. and environmental stuff. It's like you don't have to take a deep dive into the sciences. I know most people, science is like, oh my god, I have a lot to study. It's not as easy. But I think knowing just the basics will open up a whole lot more and it yes. creates that awareness. Yes. So. The, the one thing that um, happens when you put security studies under a college like criminal justice that we see a lot is uh, CJ is mainly when people think about security in CJ, they think about policing, policing. So that's something that our students get to learn pretty quickly that policing is another different set of stuff. It's more of safety than security because security will talk about hard stuff like terrorism and things that actually, yeah, so it's, uh, it's there's a thin line between the two, safety and security. It's, uh, yeah. Well, and it's, I would imagine, you know, it's government and political science as well. Exactly. And even, you know, so from a, a government perspective, this is one of those areas that, Yes, it's it's government. Yes, it's regulation, but it's not necessarily elected politics. You know, I can't think of anybody that that really ran on a platform from either party of water security. You know, <laughs> maybe I don't, party. I don't remember. Maybe, well, maybe party. Fair enough. Yeah, no, ran and won on something like that in this country. But it, when it comes to transportation infrastructure, that's something that both mm-hmm. you know President Trump and President Biden have talked about. You know, at different times at length, but. Water regulation is just it's not flashy, you know, it's it's not yes. sexy and sort of like recycling. You know, we can talk about uh-huh. how important it is to recycle individually and how much we should pick up our own dog poop. But on the grand scale of things, what, you know, large corporations, what large companies do is going to have a much bigger effect than anything we do individually. And that comes down to, to government regulation for better or for worse. Yeah. And that's that's interesting to pull on that thread for just a minute, too. We've we've talked about. Uh, you know, a- awareness and funding as some some needs in the sector in the vein of large corporations having the greater impact, where is the awareness for uh, businesses? You know, is, is that mm-hmm. something? Um, and, and now, I, sorry, you brought a very important point. And you brought an important point too. The issue of uh, critical infrastructure, when we talk about it, one of the things we don't really think about much is who is in charge of this? We tend to think about government, right. like we were talking about earlier. In about 80%, the figure keeps shifting, but it's largely 80% of our critical infrastructure is owned by the private sector. So in as much as the government is essential, majority of it is owned by the private sector. So we have to think about that and also the politics. Private sector funds our politics. So we have to think about the two. Yeah, if you tie the two together, then it makes more sense. But if we don't tie the two, this is, I'm, I'm kind of excited you brought it up. But yeah, we can take it to another place depending on how much time we have. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll stop We're there. Doing fine. We've got <laughs> some time. Yeah, I would keep going, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the politics thing, I was talking to you about uh, one of the biggest issues we have in our politics, the swing the CISO thing. 
So there are two forces driving us when you talk about the environment sector. They are the pro, our big parties are the pro big government and the anti big government. And by government, I'm thinking regulation. And by anti government, I'm thinking deregulation. So most of these areas, for us to get to a point where we don't have dog poop in our water all the time, we need a bit of regulation. So when we have politics that thinks like that, you tend to see us going a certain direction. When you have politics that thinks the other way, and these are, I think, old-age debates that I don't know whether we will ever solve them. <laughs> sure. But you it's know, good to point them out. No one wants that in our water. But, <laughs> but swinging that pendulum, you know, uh-huh. swinging back and forth. And, uh, you know, we should probably say the Institute for Homeland Security has a lot of generous funding from the state of Texas. So we're not mm-hmm. trying to rag on, on government or regulating uh-huh. But it's not – You know, in some ways, regulations can help small businesses quite a bit by leveling the playing field. And in some ways, they can really hamper them by being really expensive. Exactly. And so it's not a, you know, they're good, they're bad. It's about finding that balance and that balance. Yes. No, that balance is the biggest. That's what I'm saying. This is a debate that we will never, because there's no right or wrong answer. Too much of it. Well, if, you, if the yeah. water doesn't come out of the tap, you found the wrong answer. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we all want the same thing, but it's about how do we get there. Yes. Right? So. Yes. In fact, that's a better way to put it. We all want the same thing, but how do we get there? And it's, trust me, if either was working, we would not be having a debate. It means we are still struggling to go to the middle ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and public attention, too. Like, so, you know, a lot of journalism, especially in an election year, is going to be focused purely on the politics, on the electoral politics. And mm-hmm. that's important. I understand why journalists focus on that. I have written those stories myself, you know. But, you know, we, A, that kind of political focus turns people off and they, they disengage exactly. from the news. Exactly. And B, it, it obscures really critical topics like mm-hmm. water security that, isn't going to fire up a crowd in, you know, Arizona or Georgia or Pennsylvania in the same way that something else will. But again, when that tap doesn't work, all of a sudden everybody's going to be yes. going to be asking questions. Exactly. This is, yeah, this is a, a very important topic. I agree. And we usually tend to get here when a big thing happens, like the tap doesn't turn on. Then we're like, oh. <laughs> Like the winter freeze that we experienced in 2001. I was there. I drove my family out of the house. I was sluggish. I was like, oh, no, things are going to be fine. We're looking for a hotel. No hotel. And the hotels are there. No electricity. No. So we had to go back to the house. (laughs) So then you realize, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good, you know, point to think about, you know, and, and I want to ask, about the threats on on water security and and what we've touched on a little bit so far, definitely in terms of the natural threats and um, you know I, I think especially here in Texas we see that from uh, hurricanes, flooding, uh, the winter storms that you speak about that we're not prepared for drought, drought, yeah, being another one that would you know also yeah we we alluded to that. So you know are there other threats um, that small businesses, both in the water infrastructure sector and those who rely on it, which is everybody, 
should be um, concerned about. And and what do we do? Uh, you, you know, I think this speaks to resiliency and risk assessment and and backup plans, both I, all, all the way from business continuity to uh, in our personal lives and our families. You know, mm-hmm. our, our, is the backup plan to go to a hotel that also doesn't have water and electricity, <laughs> you know, <laughs> back home for plan C. But, um, you know, what what are the threats? Is it mostly, um, you know, it, natural cause environmental threats that um, that we s- see or anticipate? And, and what should people do uh, to, to kind of help be more resilient if you've got some insight? Um, I think... Uh... Honestly, it's it's a little scary because I think we're having threats come in from from all from all, every side. We have the environmental portion, you know, droughts, flooding, that thing, things like that. But lately, and I'm sure even if you guys are reading the news, those all these cybersecurity attacks on the SCADA systems. Um, and I think it's a it's very important for for those folks that are working in those plans to have some sort of training in in, in basic computer literacy. You know, just basic cybersecurity stuff like, hey, don't, you know, if you get an email, just don't click on that link. Something as simple as that. Just in, in you know, I understand and, and believe me, I've been in those plants doing inspections, but I understand there's, there's lack of funding. One man is wearing multiple hats. There's no time for training, you know, but it's it's one of those things that if we can provide some sort of training in bite size pieces, just to say this is cybersecurity 101. You know, kind of start from 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 there because I think that if something does happen, it's going to happen so fast. It, it's not so much as the water not coming out; is that you know there might have been too much chlorine in the water, or the pressure went down and no boil water notice came out. You know, it's something simple as that that it might have, I don't know, cascaded from one simple click on an email, and and something as small as that. Yeah, I think uh, that's a very um, important point. I also want to add that when we talk about threats, usually we tend to think about threats to water as a as a critical infrastructure or a key resource. But uh, what we do in our department is we tend to, because we are a security studies department, we tend to look at both sides because there are security risks that come from the water itself. So we tend to think about that. For example, um, when people talk about floods and in the water sector, we tend to think about floods contaminating the water. Yes, but also there is the issue of conflict. Like you talked about Colorado River. One of the major sources of conflicts between within the United States, among the states, is it's water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that Colorado River. This is something that um, we cover in, in our courses, and this, uh, this is another perspective I wanted to add, that risks that are coming from water. And when we think about it, we tend to look at case studies out there in the Middle East or maybe another place, maybe Africa or whatever. But we have it here, even between United States and Mexico, yeah, so these are risks that we should be aware of. So the threats are both ways, threats to the infrastructure, but threats that also emanate from that infrastructure itself being ever scarce or too much. Or How should we use the resources and, uh, and, and, yes. and not cause a, a scarcity 
kind of competition amongst yes. uh, our own selves internally. Yes, and yeah. then another last one is from this, uh, when we look at this um, survey that comes out of the Engineer Association every every, so, every four years or something. Yes, yeah, every four or it's five years. Every, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. So the dams that we have, the water reservoirs, the risk of old and aging water infrastructure, if a dam breaks, what does it mean for people downstream? Those kind of stuff. Are, and this has happened in our history in the past many years. In California, I believe there's a story about that where some area was completely, yeah. So um, these are the risks, some of the risks that are not easily apparent that we tend to point out in the department. Is this an area where you were speaking about more funding should be needed in the sector and for people not to take for granted? I, I can see infrastructure maintenance exactly is is not a it's not it's not a very sexy expense like you know uh-huh. while the dam's working why do we really have to spend money on it you know essentially exactly. um, you don't want to buy new tires for your car until they're uh, bald tires and it rains and now you're you wished you had yes yeah don't don't wait until uh <laughs> an emergency situation occurs yeah i mean it's you know, in politics, the squeaky wheels get the grease, you know, and we're the, the, a dam isn't going to squeak. It's just going to suddenly break and fall off. Exactly. You know, and to be catastrophic when that happens. And well, yeah. the wheel is wobbling, the wheel is wobbling. <laughs> and we don't want to get to the point where the, just a tire falls off. And yeah. at that point, you know, it's going to be a little a little too late. And I just want to emphasize the the fact that we really need to support those guys working in those plants and the water treatment plants and the wastewater treatment plants. Um, they're going through a lot, and honestly, we depend on them to 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 be properly trained, properly you know skilled to to know what they're doing. Um, I mean, they're also emergency responders, whether we see it or not, because exactly it, there might be you know even if it's something as you know we see it as insignificant a pump failure in the middle of the night. Who gets a call? They do. Somebody does, they go and fix it so that by morning we wake up and we're able to do our everyday stuff and we don't even think about it. We don't realize it. And so I think um, I think they need um, definitely more support, more training. And, and, and those are the guys that we typically forget about, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, I'm, I'm glad you brought back up people again and uh, and training and education. Raina, I wanted to give you an, an opportunity to uh, speak a little bit about it if, if, if you're willing to the um, some of the, the coursework that that you've helped identify that um, Institute for Homeland Security is trying to put together to help water operators um, you know a- achieve that training that, that they need. Yeah, so this training is actually uh, a mandate from the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. So after Winter Storm Uri, a lot of these water systems were experiencing, obviously, a lot of issues. Um, And so the legislature said, hey, all of y'all need to be prepared in resiliency. Everybody needs to take a resiliency course. And so we are trying to to offer um, just a, an intro to incident command for water operators. Just a, it's a continuing um, education course for them, and so I think this is going to be a step one of hopefully more trainings that are just focused on them, what it is that they need, 
Um, and instead of giving you a, a large umbrella and just say, hey, you're a small mom and pop fit here in this huge square that really you have a hard time doing. And so um, and we're, we're trying to meet with with other stakeholders and trying to listen to what it's really needed and focus the future trainings to be to be on that. And, and, and another part I wanted to to mention was that. Um, I would love to to partner more with Dr. Osaka in in their water security studies because I think that giving people more of a um, you know again awareness and education into this is important, especially for those folks coming into CJ. Um, they are the ones who are taking these courses. Um, I think the folks that are already in the sciences, geosciences, environmental sciences, they understand that part. So now is, I guess, I would want to say our turn turn around and let's teach the others about this. Um, we all use water, so it doesn't matter um, what it is. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'll take you on that offer. And uh, we are more than willing <laughs> well, boy, to... What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> we are more than willing to collaborate. And yeah, I'll inform my colleagues too. And yeah. Well, and, and I love the interdisciplinary aspect of it. We've talked about political science and, and communications and uh, journalism and CJ and, uh, you know, the uh, environmental sciences, uh, you know, as far as that, too. I, I like to bring in the engineering perspective on it from my background. And, you know, engineers are needed. You're the both, ones who designed those plants. <laughs> yeah, both, both for the infrastructure, but also for, um, you know, physically and, and structurally, but also the um, security by design and, oh, yes. you know, bringing in cybersecurity. I think there's a lot of opportunities there uh, for <clears throat> learners and and inter interdisciplinary, uh, you know, kind of opportunities. I like that security by design. <laughs> I think that's the course right there. No, yeah, that's, I like <laughs> that. Grant? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, Dr. Osaka and Reina, uh, thank, thank you for uh, both being here today. I'll, I'll give you one last opportunity, um, you know, if you want to have any uh, closing thoughts on uh, anything we've talked about today or. Um... Well, can I ask a question? Please. Well, sure. So, you know, let's put ourselves in the shoes of, of one of our listeners operating one of those, you know, small businesses or, you know, conducting the working in those roles in one of those small businesses, what's something they can do about this? You know, what's something that I can do as a mom and pop owner to mm -hmm. secure my water supply a little better or contribute to water security a little better? I think, um, uh, thank you. Thank you for that question. Very important. I think the elephant in the room with this question is water conservation. That is the only thing that I believe we can control, how we use our water, how we relate with the water. You don't have to deny yourself water, but don't just let your top run for 20 minutes. Like when I was doing my undergrad in environmental science and one of my professors told us, don't brush your teeth with 20 liters of water, <laughs> which we pretty much do. Mm-hmm. Because when the top is running and you're brushing, mm. by the time you're done, it's supposed to be a whole minute. <laughs> several gallons are gone. So basically, <laughs> yes. Oral yes. Hygiene. <laughs> so conservation, I think, it's something that I can, yeah. And I'll let Reina add something if she she's got anything. To um, add. I think it's um, even those 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 guys working at these plants. You know, um, I think it's a lot of uh, being proactive. Um, 
you wanting to, to learn more about what it is that you do and realizing how important it is. It's not just another job. It can't be. Because if it is, then we're, none of us are safe. Um, so I understand there's there's a you know lack of funding and all these things, but I think we need to we need to talk to you know people above them to to you know it's like hey this is important and 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 try to look for funding for training. Um, I mean we're trying to offer training uh, and it's not it's not ex- you know I don't think it's that expensive. You know we're we're college you know doing you know doing things for Texans and the Texas economy. So um, it's just you know, be proactive, you know, have that wish to keep on learning about other things. And um, if you think you're not very uh, savvy about computers or, you know, cybersecurity and stuff, you know, reach out to somebody and I'm sure that somebody will know. I mean, we're, we're trying to reach out as much as we can, trying to work with community colleges and things like that and trying to put the word out that it is important and, and we can help. And so one thing I did want to just ask the listeners out there just for, you know, I guess food for thought. And so if, if water were to cut off today or in the next hour, what would you do? How would you, you know, at what point would it be impactful? Would it be hour one, three, six? And then if it doesn't come back, you know, it's like we need to start thinking. Unfortunately, we need to start thinking that way. Businesses can think that way too, right? That well, they're oh, yeah. relying mm-hmm. on water, you know, when, when is your operation impacted on that? I think my daughter would learn a lot of new, very colorful words in that first hour. But after that, I don't have a plan. Yeah, I think know? none of us do. I think we're all prepared yeah. for like just hurricane stuff, you know, have our um, gallons of water. I say gallons. Mm-hmm. And then if we have pets, you know, you have to have water for them too. Uh, but um, after that, we're always hopeful that, oh, somebody else is going to take care of us. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Um, but we're not really proactive doing anything. And they should probably also consult the farmers, the Texan farmers. Oh mm-hmm. my God, They know yes. this way better than anybody else. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trust agriculture me. is most uh, of the case studies that I put in class are farmers. Yeah, yeah. So they the water relate. sector touches everybody. Yes, but it's it's all seemed to be siloed. Yes. Um, so that's what we're trying to do: trying to bring people together. It's like okay. We all depend on each other now. <laughs> and on that note, I, I wanted to uh, give uh, one more uh, promotion for for Raina here. Um, talking to people, you are are trying to put together a, a community of interest, or or how do you call it? Um, your uh, uh, group that you're wanting to uh, kind of get together and, and talk about water. Um, yeah, so we're having a roundtable meeting next. Uh, the week after next um, in, in Austin, Texas. So I'm, I'm, I'm working with, you know, another collaborator trying to put a group together um, so we can start talking about the issues currently facing, facing the sector. And hopefully this is our first one. Um, again, the sector started with me five, six months ago. So um, just hopefully um, we can, we can get this group together working and, and start reaching out more folks um, that are needed. Awesome. That's good. Great. Yeah, I appreciate the work you're doing and and trying to get people talking and get the yes, information out there. And uh, for all of our listeners, if you would like to reach out and, and get connected with uh, Reina or IHS, you can learn more about the activities we've got going on at our website, ihsonline.org. And uh, you can learn about our educational offerings and uh, other ways to connect from us. We would love to hear from you.
All right. Well, thank you all. It's been a great conversation. You're wait. Oh, you've got to have the sign off. That's that's right. I, I almost <laughs> forgot that we were disruptive, but helpful. But helpful. <laughs>